Blog Talk Radio. Time now for the Gridiron Stud Show. Well, you can be all American. I'm asking you now. I'm asking. I can do it now. You can do it now? Yeah, I can do it. I'm trying to focus on my position. With your host, Chad Wilson. It ain't hating on me on Chad. You got to be something in the mix. Bringing you high school, college, and NFL talk. I got back at J.T. Prince. Here we go. You all need more discipline. True discipline. Come on, get a grip. Call us on the show today. Go get out of my face with that crazy that's, that's, stuff. The number to call, 347-633-9365. Y'all got to take, y'all know that. Or you can reach us on Twitter, at Gridiron Studs. And now, your host, Chad She's going shopping. Your wife's going shopping. Yeah, that's her. She's laughing. She's laughing. <laughs> She's going to hit these stores. I hope I don't see her on one of these videos fighting with somebody in Walmart or something. That would be a good look. She's just happy you can do something when she goes shopping. That's all. <laughs> You're right. Yeah, well, you know, I'll just fine. But uh, welcome to all of our listeners and our viewers out there as we are on Facebook Live. Appreciate all of you tuning in on a uh, post-Thanksgiving Friday. If you're not in the stores, I'm happy you're on here with us. Don't go out there and get yourself a black eye trying to get yourself a big screen TV. All right, nevertheless, um, we're on, we're ready. And no, please don't go with the Carlton stuff. I'm responding to some of these people on Facebook Live. I've got Lamar Thomas heckling me. It's what he's done. Pretty much the entire time he and I have known each other. But, Emil, I know what's big on here for you. Uh, that is your beloved Dallas Cowboys. I, well, I, I know I'm going to have to cut you off in talking about this because you're going to go on and on forever about it. But, um, you know, we do have a good amount of Cowboy fans down here in South Florida, uh, where the majority of our listeners come from. Right now, in about mm, 60 seconds, sum up what is the problem with your Dallas Cowboys. I don't. I don't think it's rocket science. I mean, without going into football, I think you know until they, uh, until Jones turns that into an organization that's run more. Let's use the New England Patriots, where every so many years they hand Robert Kraft a trophy and he's happy. Um, you know, I think they're going to continue to be an inconsistent franchise. 
uh, you see years they go 12 and 4, the following year they go 4 and 12. Last year 13 and 3. This year disaster. There's no constant message in Dallas. Um, you know, you got Jerry chiming in anywhere from who's taking a knee during the anthem to the the contract talks with the commissioner. There's a lot of just a lot of distraction down there. And uh, you know, are you I think the message is. Are you saying it's a circus? Is that what it is? Well, I called it a circus in August before this even started. If you go back and pull out the tape when we did the the uh, whole pre our picks, I, I didn't pick them to win the division. I said I, I don't like when I go to a circus. I like my popcorn and peanuts, not my football team. So it's a circus. That's a good word. And until they change that, I, I just think you're going to see this. Um, I, I'm not one of these fans who just says fire the coach willy-nilly, but I think the message at this point from Garrett is stale. Um, the second half meltdowns tell me that the things are not happening at halftime in those games. The last three games, they've been beaten by more than 20 points, which is hard to do in, in the NFL with a parody-driven league. You've got games they, they led one at half, 9-7. They trailed one at half, 10-7. And they trailed yesterday, 3 nothing, And they lost every game by more than 20 points. Now, come on. There has to be something going on there that's not happening um, so, with that so team. Able, able, let's, let's simplify this. We're going to blame one person for where the Dallas Cowboys are right now. Who's that person? Jerry Jones. <laughs> it's Jerry Jones. So I mean, the, Jason Garrett is a guy who didn't have – Chad, let me just say something. He didn't have a lot of options. It's not like when they hired Garrett in 2010. People were, were necessarily beating his door down. So he took the job. That's the only kind of coach Jerry Jones is going to get there, a guy that will tolerate his stuff. Because a guy that has options that can pick from four and five teams is not going to go there and have the coach give the, the GM giving injury reports and going on the radio every Wednesday on 105 or whatever the station is in Dallas and just saying things that undermine the coaching staff. So he's just going to get that kind of coach until he stops doing that, if he stops doing that. Well, Amos, like I tell my wife all the time, don't just present the problem without a solution. So you stated what the problem is, and it is Jerry Jones. How do we fix the problem? Well, that's you know, it's harder said. You're you're a Yankee fan. This reminds me of the late '80s with Steinbrenner. The thing that saved the Yankees back then, and I don't know if that's going to happen here. The thing that saved the Yankees was the league suspended Steinbrenner for two two and a half years. He had a seed control over to real baseball people, and then he realized he had a real franchise, and he stayed kind of the hell out of the way for the you know second part of his ownership uh, there. Capable of that, Amo. Um, no, it's not. I mean, you know, I, I don't know if there's an intervention with Steven because, I, I mean, his son seems to be the guy in the room that, believe it or not, is the adult, not Jerry. And, you know, I don't know if there's an intervention there or something. I mean, I'm sure they're close. I mean, they're, they're father-son. You know, at some point does the son say, Dad, look what's going on here. If you ever want to see us in another Super Bowl when you're here on this earth, we have to change some things. If that doesn't happen, this is just going to be the trend of the Cowboys. You know, maybe next year they go 12 and four, and then people get excited, and then the next year they go six and ten. I mean, that's just that's going to be your pattern. So you're tired of the roller coaster ride, and so you know, it, you well, know. What do you see? You you don't have an emotional interest in it like me. To me, that's what I see. I just see no consistency because of the surrounding circus there. I mean, you could say that. I'm not ready to blame everything on Jerry Jones. It just has, you know, some some misfortune, uh, the whole Zeke thing. I think if Zeke's there, the last few games don't look the way that they do. 
Um, you know, your, your linebacker can't seem to stay healthy. It'd be nice if he did. If you had those two players, I don't think we'd be having this conversation right now. We probably wouldn't be on this topic. So, you know, in Jerry Jones's mind this morning, that's probably what he's thinking. We really need Zeke back, and I'm not that big of a problem. I think that's – Okay, well, let me ask you this. Well, let's shift to the team that's 10-1 and right now, the Eagles. The, the, the Cowboys lost arguably the best left tackle in football, or one of them. He's in the team picture. And in that same team picture is Jason Peters of the Eagles. Peters is out. Jordan Hicks is a linebacker that means every bit as much to the Eagles as, as Sean Lee, or very close. He's out. Uh, Darren Sproles, while he's certainly not Ezekiel Elliott, he certainly means a lot to that offense and what he gave them out of the backfield. Um, he's out. The Eagles are 10-1. and one. I mean, injuries happen, Chad. You, you coached and played football your whole life. I mean, th- when big men run into each other, you've got to plan that some of them are not going to make it throughout the whole year. Uh, how many teams lose their best guy and just keep on trucking? Don't start comparing them to the – to the New England Patriots, which uh, outside of Tom Brady, they don't really have a big time they don't, star. Guy. They don't lose their – listen, I'll say a few things here. I agree with your, – your premise is not – I'm not poo-pooing the whole thing. Um, losing a Tyron Smith doesn't help, especially when you have an offensive line in flux. They replaced the left guard this year. They took a young, talented kid like Leo Collins, put him out to right tackle, first time playing out there. When you lose the anchor in a Smith – that makes that transition hard. The offensive line seemed to be coming together right before he got hurt, so I agree there. But this team is paying and running their offense through Des Bryant, just just like he was well, the number one elite receiver. That's not the case anymore. You know the reasons for that. I think, um, you know, they're going to have to just realize. Well, listen, you lost your star, Zeke, so – going to try and go through Des Bryant. I'm sure Des is all way happy with that. But all right, I think we're going to have to sum up our Cowboys talk. It is a sad case. Uh, as one of our viewers here said, um, you know, you tried to give your explanation. I tried to give mine. He just made it plain and simple. Ricky Williams says Cowboys suck, and we're just going to have to leave it at that. Oh, okay, Ricky. Thank you very much for summing that up. Uh, one word. I like it. Brevity. There you go. Um, let's talk about some other things that are on the on the table here. The big talk all week has been – the uh, Florida coaching search and one Chip Kelly. Uh, many of the Florida fans thought that Chip Kelly was on his way to Florida, signed, sealed, and delivered. All the talk this week is that now he has uh, met with UCLA. Uh, did he fly out there? Did he stay home? Um, is, is he going to go to UCLA? Is he going to go to Florida? What's your gut tell you? What do you think is going down there? Uh, my my gut, I told you the other day, texting is he ends up at UCLA. If I was his advisor, I'd tell him go to Florida. Uh, I, I think he feels more comfortable out on the West Coast. I also think he he is not a guy that necessarily likes to be the center of attention. In L.A., you can get lost. There's a lot going on. Um, in Gainesville, you know, he'll have, he'll be sought out by by boosters and, and rabid fans. But I also think going to UCLA, he doesn't fix UCLA's problem. I mean, he UCLA scored 35 points a game this year. Okay, offense was not the problem at UCLA. It's been defense. His last gig at Oregon, he inherited a, a really strong program from Mike Bellotti. Kept a lot of the assistant coaches on. He was able to do what Chip does, and he was already the offensive coordinator. He knew the personnel. He's going to go to a place that doesn't need offense. They need defense. He's going to have to build that whole thing up. He didn't build it up in Philly in the NFL. Defense was still the problem, and he was there. Um, and Florida defense is packaged. 
It's going to come there. They believe in defense. It's the culture. He just needs to fix the offense. So if I'm him, I'm going to Florida, but I think he ends up at UCLA. That's my gut. Yeah, um, and so what seemed so definite and, you know, written in stone last week has now been been put up in the air, actually. So uh, apparently Chip Kelly is supposed to make his decision on Sunday. There are some uh, insiders uh, with the University of Florida that said this is already a deal in place to come to the University of Florida. I don't see how that's possible if you're having meetings with UCLA. So this is all going to become very, very interesting. I don't know what the University of Florida does if they don't indeed pick up Chip Kelly. Where do they go next? I'm of the belief that Scott Frost is serious when he says he's going to stay at UCF and uh, he's going to try and build something there or at least hang in there for another year where the roster is pretty stocked and he has a chance to duplicate uh, the success he's had this year, next year. So I don't know where they go from here. Oh, I think I think uh, in my short list, if I'm Florida – I, I could see them poaching that Mississippi State coach. I don't know if that's a, a hire that would excite the fan base. Um, you know, I don't, I don't know that that's going to really get the juices flowing. I think the fan base is all in on Chip Kelly, but if he's not there, uh, if you're trying to excite the fan base, I'm not sure that Dan Mullen would be that. Not saying he isn't a solid hire and probably a more long-term thing. I just don't think the fans can get excited about that. Um, you know this guy very well because he coached your beloved USC Trojans. What would you think if Lane Kiffin were coming to the University of Florida? Uh, another another guy that, you know, like I said, give me my peanuts and popcorn when I'm at the circus. I don't want it with my football team. He's a circus. And at Florida Atlantic, that circus sells because he's brought, some, he, he's brought you know, some excitement there. He can definitely coach a little bit there, and he can recruit. And being on Twitter and doing some crazy things that he does doesn't get as much notoriety, and it's not necessarily a bad thing either at Florida Atlantic. In the SEC, doing that stuff, tweaking, you know, Nick Saban, it just, it, I don't know. I don't like that hire. I, I, I wouldn't like him there. You wouldn't like him there? Um, listen, he, he could bring offense. He could bring swag. What about those two things? He's... I, you've seen the act before, okay? He, w- when he's got the big-time programs, the stuff I'm describing hasn't seemed to really work, okay? He went to Tennessee. He did a lot of that stuff, pissed a lot of people off. At the end of the day, what were they, 7-6? and six? I mean, he went to USC. Granted, they were on probation. I'm going to give him a little bit of a pass there. But, you know, he quickly fell out of favor. A lot of stuff went around went on there that was kind of not good as far as managing the club and in terms of personnel and off, off the field. I don't know. I just I think you can do better if you're Florida. I like Chip Kelly for Florida, though, not because he's a big name. I like it because I think hey, he can fix the man's going to UCLA, so let's just go ahead and cut him out of the discussion. Well, what? I'm right. I'm, I'm, you asked me my gut. What's your gut? My gut as to what's going to happen? My gut yeah. no gut. I have no idea. This stuff's been all over the place. And I just refuse to get extremely emotionally um, invested in any one candidate. You know, who's hired is who's hired. And I'm sorry to uh, be that bland about it, but that's just really the way that I have to approach it. Well, I think fans, Chad, I think fans get too wrapped up in in the big name. Um, Chip Chip fixes what Florida needs. I don't like him necessarily because he's a big name. I think you can get a big name coach, and sometimes the second time around for them – isn't isn't necessarily going to be as successful. Well, okay. So on that same note, though, 
What about what about Lane Kiffin second time around? Let's let's just say when he took the Tennessee job and he took the USC job, he might have been a little immature. Comes from a coaching background, thought this would be easy, and it wasn't. And perhaps he got humbled by that. And now his second time around in a big time job, he's learned, and you know things will be different. What about that thought process? Since Urban Meyer stepped away from Florida, what is this going to be? The third coach, okay? They need some stability there. Okay, I'm not saying don't give Lane another chance what is somewhere at a big school. There, there is no stability in college football. Nobody stays in there. Chad, I'm not talking 20-year stability. They need somebody to come in there for five years, tap the brakes a little bit, and, and, and build the program with a nice, solid foundation. Sometimes getting the, the, the sexy name – you know, it, it, they can't swing for a home run here and miss. You can't. What happens if Kiffin stinks and two years later you're doing this again? Eventually, you become a school, and that's where my school was. I'm saying this as a guy who loves USC. When they hired Helton, the one good thing about Helton was he was just a bland guy, but he's solid. You don't worry about Helton's not out looking for a job right now. He's not getting kids aren't getting in trouble off the field. They need a little bit of just something solid at Florida. Somebody but they're not winning in, championships. They're not winning championships. All those things you said about Helton is fine. Uh, they're not going to win a Pac-12 championship this year. They're not in How the do you know that? They're playing for the playoffs. I mean, they're playing they're solid playing. football. That's not going to be enough at Florida. It's just not. But they're it's playing for the Pac-12 championship next week. If they, if they win mean, the game, they win, they win the championship. Okay, that's fine. But this is not where it was. And that's what it is right now for Florida. You had Urban Meyer. You were winning championships. The last two guys couldn't do that. That's what these fans want. They're bloodthirsty. And so Every fan guy, wants that, but here's the deal. A nice guy. No one's going to get in trouble. All that stuff. Fans aren't with that. They want to You're, you're saying this. Listen, let's go back to Helton. 10-3, and three, number three in the country last year. 10-2. and two. If they win their last two games, they're going to be in the top of six again. If Florida did that two years in a row, their fan base should be pretty damn happy based on where they've been for the last decade. Perhaps. But, you know, you know what happens after you have success? Everyone coming after it gets compared to it. Talk to the Miami Dolphins for that. They've been going through that for decades. All right. Let's switch from the Florida deal. Uh, my man Amos says, Chip Kelly to UCLA. We're going to leave it to that. We're going to leave it on that note. Uh, the University of Miami is playing here in about uh, a couple of hours. What do you think is going to happen there? <clears throat> is this as, a, as dangerous a game for Miami as you thought the Virginia game was going to be last week? Is this a more dangerous game, less dangerous game? What do you think? I'm up here in pig country, and I've got several friends who are alumni, about five of them, and they were just asking me this earlier before we got on air. I think Miami wins the game. For some reason, I got a feeling this is something like a 27-20, 27-17 win. I don't think they're going to scare you and fall behind by 14 points, but I also i am not sure what their level of interest and motivation as far as really going out there to whack them is going to be today, the day after Thanksgiving, playing up here. It's about 40 degrees. I'm not sure they're going to be all into beating them by 40 today. Uh, by the way, I'm having a University of Miami reunion right now on our live feed. Uh, a bunch of alumni on there just um, talking it up and having a good time. Plus they're, plus they're heckling me as well. I'm, I'm Carlton today. It is what it is, fellas. Nevertheless, though, um, I've been pretty much on point with Miami all year long. You know, I refuse to pick them. Uh, in any of these games, but my opinions on them have been pretty strong. I don't know that we see that slow start today. I think they're tired of hearing about that. Yes, 
It's the easy thing to say because now they've moved up to number two in the college football playoff rankings, and everyone thinks they're going to, you know, relax on that and they're going to be some fat cats. I think they're going to jump out in this game, and I think they're super, super motivated right now. Finally, you're playing good football, and uh, people are recognizing it. Those two things have right. finally come together. There have been times before where um, they've played well and people have just refused to believe it. They still have their doubters. Um, just some of the talk that I'm hearing, though, might suggest that the youth really just might be back because people are – they seem mad. They seem mad about how they're playing. I think they're energized right now, Abel. They've, uh, they've knocked off two really good opponents, and then they follow that up with uh, a win in a letdown game. Sure, they fell behind a couple of times. There's something to be said about – the way that they were able to come back twice in that game versus Virginia. They're, this is an extreme. Absolutely. Uh, listen, they won all their games, Chad. As far as I'm concerned, you look at their schedule, it's it's a good schedule. They won all their games. I don't care about all that. I think that they they deserve their ranking. <laughs> so. Yeah. Um, you know, listen, I think, I think that, like I said, I think they're energized. They're going to go into this game. The whole turnover change, the momentum is big. And Pittsburgh's not a good football team right now. Yes, there's weather issues. Yes, it's a Friday after Thanksgiving. You know what? It's a Friday after Thanksgiving for Pittsburgh, too. Uh, Miami's going to go out there, I think, and, and take care of their business. It's not going to be a game like last week where you're falling behind 14 points. I don't see Pittsburgh being able to put themselves in that kind of position. No. You know, where uh, I think they're just going to go out there and handle their business. How fast of a start? I don't know. I don't see a slow start like last week. Chad, I, I, I thought of the dream scenario. With, yeah, we were sitting around talking yesterday, and I said, here's the dream scenario for how the college football playoff, they sit there and their, their turkey's coming up in their throat, okay? We got, we got Auburn going, uh, going to play Alabama today, right? Auburn wins the game by three points on a field goal at the gun, and then they go and win the SEC championship. Ohio State beats Wisconsin in the Big Ten game, and Miami and Clemson play a three-point game with Clemson winning at the gun. So now <laughs> they're sitting there saying to themselves, what do we yeah. do? Because they're, <laughs> they're screwed. So you, like, you, like everyone else, is hoping for a whole bunch of mayhem in the college football playoff deal. Why does everyone want that? I, uh, you know, you know me. I've been a proponent of a long time, and we're not going to rehash it of, of of letting the conference champions in automatically and the three at large and, and having eight teams. So when I like it, when you start when you start voting, I love mayhem. Well, you know, when we start picking like like let's sit around and pick who the four best teams are. Well, then I'm for mayhem. I guess so. You and everyone else. I I just want to see the four best teams in the country. And right now, I don't even know who that is right now. Um, you'll know. Of- you'll know by by the end of next weekend. I think you'll have a pretty good. Uh, I think you hit it on the head last show, um, last week, where you said after these conference championship games, I think this will be a lot clearer for everybody. Who's getting left out of this thing? Doesn't depends. I mean, that's the thing. I mean, we got to see. We have some stuff coming up that could make all this interesting. I mean, Oklahoma is going to probably have to beat TCU again. I mean, that could go that could go haywire on them. I mean, Ohio State, Wisconsin. There's, I mean, obviously Ohio State could win that game. I mean, there's a bunch of stuff that could happen here. I mean, Auburn's completely eliminated if they lose today. It's their third loss. So, Lamar Thomas, who's watching us on live, says it's going to be Alabama and Miami in the final, and uh, he and George Teague are going to do the coin flip. How'd that How work out that? last time? 
the coin flip or the Alabama versus Miami? The Alabama-Miami game. Are you looking to get cut off this show right now? I know. I well, I know that's one of your. I know that's one of your sore spots. I know you almost twenty years now. So we're just gonna ride on that. Should I just start talking about Vince Young uh, at that night in the Rose Bowl? Now that's cruel because the Alabama game wasn't close. That hurt. Now that, what you just said to me, you you hurt me. Well, yeah, you sound terribly crippled by that. But listen, uh, in the Pac-12, can we just say safe to say they're out of this thing? Yeah, unless something, unless there's really a ton of, you know, craziness, like, you know, a Stanford beats Notre Dame, some of the stuff I just said, it would take a lot to, you know, to get them up to into that top four. But again, it's college football. Any, you know, yes, on the surface, I would say yes. Yeah, I think Pac-12's out. Oklahoma, what do we do about Oklahoma if they lose that Big 12 championship game? They're out. (laughs) Simple. And so is the whole conference. Correct. So we're going to have two teams from one conference in this thing. It seems like we're really going to be headed to um, a two-loss team in this in this thing somehow. Well, let me lay this. So let me wait, wait. Before we start, just so we don't have to go crazy here. There's a, let's let's go down to USC is the leader in the Pac-12 right now, so they're at number eleven. Yes. You're going to have my, Miami and Clemson are playing. Let's assume one of them is eliminated. Okay, whoever loses is probably eliminated. Alabama's playing today against Auburn. They could eliminate Auburn. Then they're playing Georgia. They could eliminate Georgia. Notre Dame's got to play Stanford. So it's very possible the Pac-12 could go up that far. I mean, you just don't know at this time of year because all these teams are going to start playing one another. Oklahoma's playing TCU. What if they lose? Uh, yeah, I, you know, and you know who I picked at the beginning of this year to win that Big 12? It was TCU. They hit some bumps in the road. Yes, they you are did. Matter of fact, that was a great pick, by by the way. I was I was, I was, was looking at you that day, scratching my head, going, man, where is he coming up with TCU? But, man, you, they could still win that conference. That was a good pick. Yeah, you, you, guys, you guys slept on TCU. I don't know what's going on there. But um, you know what? You know what else, too, Abel? I picked against Wisconsin the last two weeks and got burned. What's to say Wisconsin doesn't go out and win the whole Big Ten championship? It looks right now like that could very well happen. Well, yeah, I mean, the the thing with Wisconsin, they've won the games that, of, you know, listen, they can only play the schedule they were given, and so you can't fault them for that. I think Wisconsin is going to be very challenged against Ohio State because they haven't had to play a team yet. I think that could actually make their defense work a little bit. I mean, Michigan was tailor made. I mean, you know how they say styles make fights. Well, Michigan was tailor made to get knocked out by Wisconsin. Um, they just they have no offense, no quarterback. I mean, that was a, a good opponent for Wisconsin. I'm not sure Ohio State is that same type of opponent for them. Yeah, well, listen, I've had my fill of trying to uh, go against Wisconsin. I think I need to sit back. I mean, they put me in my place. Um, Wisconsin could very well beat Ohio State in that championship game. And then now we have the, the, the college football playoff top four would be a lot less cloudy, let's say, if Wisconsin goes out and just wins the Big Ten championship. Oh, right. The craziness, the craziness is going to occur if a Wisconsin loses and some of those other things we start we were just talking about start happening all you know i mean the sec is going to sort itself out we think but what happens if auburn wins today auburn wins today now you got alabama who is clearly i think at least for the large chunk of the year the first or second best team 
And if they don't get blown out, what do we do with Alabama? They finish 11-1, and they lose a close game, they're not even in the conference title game. What do we do with them? Speaking of that Auburn-Alabama game, our picks are coming up, and uh, that'll be at the bottom of the hour. Also going to talk Florida high school football at the top of the hour with Joshua Wilson from FloridaHSFootball.com. Also a reminder, if you're listening to us, if you're listening, you're not one of the live audience and you want to call into the show if you're not scared, um, you can do so by calling 319-527-6059. Again, 319-527-6059. Also taking your comments and questions on Twitter as well. Plus, I've got the hecklers on live. We need to take our first break real quick. When we get back, we're going to talk about the top college football matchups today, including a lot of good ones that we've got coming up pretty soon here. There's a game Amo going to kick off here in an hour. There's going to be football on in exactly one hour here. So uh, we That's need to talk good, about I'll be, I'll be eating uh, leftovers in an hour or two. So. Good to know. Our fans really wanted to know about that. Let me take a quick break, Amo. When we get back, Brett Iron's Ted Show. We'll be right back. Do you love fantasy sports? Do you love money? Do you love excitement? Well, get ready, because you may have found your heaven. FanDuel has combined all of these great things into one amazing website. Turn your love for sports into money and excitement with one week and even one day fantasy leagues with a chance for enormous payouts. FanDuel pays out over $10 million in winnings weekly to its members. That's right, $10 million. One member has made over 600000 playing in their league. Another customer entered a one-day contest for $25 and, get this, cashed out $25,000 that day. FanDuel even offers a 100% money-back guarantee. Sign up now and join a league. If you don't absolutely love it, they'll give you your money back. You can enter leagues for as little as $1. For a limited time, FanDuel is offering a 100% deposit match bonus to Gridiron Stud Show listeners. That's right, they'll match your initial deposit all the way up to $200. What more can you ask for? Just head over to FanDuel.com right now and enter the promo code GRIDIRONSTUDS when you sign up. But you better hurry. The match bonus is going to end soon. Just head over to FanDuel.com and enter the promo code GRIDIRONSTUDS. Do it now! I was going to rip his heart out. I'm the best ever. I'm the most brutal and vicious and most ruthless champion there's ever been. There's no one can stop me. Lynx is a conqueror. No, I'm Alexander. He's no Alexander. I'm the best ever. There's the never fight. been anybody as ruthless. I'm Sonny Liston. I'm Jack Dempsey. There's no one like me. I'm from Nairclaw. There's no one that can match me. My style is impetuous. My defense is impregnable. And I'm just ferocious. I want your heart. I want to eat his children. Praise be to Allah. Man, you gotta play stuff like that on game I'm getting heckled by some uh, ex-teammates on, 
on Facebook Live. Hop on there and just see. Just see who the bastards are. Nevertheless, um, always fun doing this Facebook Live. Uh, as, as well as doing, it's more challenging than people think to do a radio show and do Facebook Live. I feel like Lucy in the Chocolate Factory right now. But nevertheless, having fun. It's a Football Friday edition. Chad Wilson, Emil Calamino. Time to talk some of these big college football matchups that we have today. We're going to skip over the MAC championship game. I'm sorry about not championship game, but the MAC game we've got coming up between Western Michigan and Toledo. Um, to be honest, I haven't really had a chance to watch a whole bunch of MAC football this year, so not real well versed on what might go down in that game. For for all of you out there, I would just say, hey. Enjoy the game. You get an 11:30 game if you're on. Toledo the needs that game. Toledo wins that side of the conference if they win the game and they play Akron for the title. So, kudos to you for even knowing that, my friend. You've been all on top of it. I've been super busy this year. Haven't really watched a whole bunch of MAC football. We talked about it, but we could talk about it some more. University of Miami going to take on Pittsburgh. The uh, Canes opened up Emil as a 13 and a half point favorite. And uh, through tons of hate, the line has been pushed down to 11 and a half. I think folks are kind of with you and maybe some others and thinking that the Kings might start off slow here and need to kind of escape with a win at the end. I don't quite think that it's going to go that way. Uh, I'm not even saying escape. I just I think it'll be a workmanlike effort. Is that a good word? I think it'll be one of those games where they go out and they get it done. You're not worried they're going to lose. I'm just not sure. I see the blowout you do. But, I mean, if it happened, I wouldn't be shocked either. I mean, Pitt's not a great football team. Yeah, I mean, I could see I could see something like 31-14, something like that at the end of the day. You know, yeah, that's, but that's, to, me, that's that's work, to me that's workmanlike. I don't see them going out and beating Pitt today 48-10. Uh, maybe not. I don't think it's going to be as slow a start as people think. I just think the team's energized. That's just the pulse I'm getting. I, you know, I could be wrong on that. South Florida taking on Central Florida. That's a huge game down here. Who would have thought that? Uh, it's not Florida, Florida State. It, it's South Florida versus Central Florida, the biggest game in this state this weekend. I have a pick on that game, Emil. I don't know if you do. If you don't, please share our thoughts that you have. Oh, no, I have a pick, too, so we're going to see who, who's uh, who's against who or if we're going the same way. We've been doing this the last couple of weeks. We seem to have been picking out one game on uh, in college and pros where we seem to either go against each other or agree, but we're on the same game. So Here's another one uh, that I think is interesting, only because the coach was off uh, this this past week. California versus UCLA. Um, I, I'm, I'm become – somewhat of an expert on, uh, the, you know, losing the coach. I've had the same situation with my son at Florida. Interesting to see what the effect is here. UCLA a seven-point favorite. We've kind of gone against UCLA in that, in that situation um, all year long, and the situation I'm talking about is as a solid favorite. You know, when you when – Yeah, UCLA is a team where I tend to like them more in their situation uh, where they were last week against the USC, if I'm going to take them, where they're – their offense can get them either in the back door or keep them in the game. I think, you know, obviously they can put up a lot of points with Rosen. The question with covering these spreads for them is sometimes their defense just decides it doesn't want to play, and that makes it hard to, to blow a team out. So, I don't know. I would probably leave this one alone. Um, yeah, for some reason, Emil, you know, I think most people would say, hey, you lost your coach, the team's in disarray. Uh, for some reason, I think UCLA's going to go out and, and, and win and cover that number. That's 
that's funny. So, well, the winner of this game, for what it's worth, goes bowling. I mean, they're both five and six, so the winner is bowl eligible. So they're playing for something. Are you disappointed in Cal? Did you expect more from them, or this is pretty much what you thought you'd see from Cal this year? Well, yeah, I don't think Cal had a, a, you know, when you look back on their season, I don't think it was a bad season. He came in there. Uh, he's made them competitive. Early in the year, they had those the, the road win at Carolina. Now, I know North Carolina, now we know, is not a good football team. But at the time, you know, Cal was a double-digit underdog, won outright. They, they beat Ole Miss at home. Uh, you know, a decent Ole Miss team from the SEC, a 6-6 six and six club, not a great Ole Miss team. But, I don't think they were. They had a bad. If they won this game and they became bowl eligible, I think you can you consider the season a success for Cal. To our Facebook listeners right now, do me a favor, share this show on your page, um, and and spread the love. You while you're heckling your boy and offering up those comments, share. Please share this to your page. I'd appreciate it. Thank you to all of our live listeners and our listeners right now on BlogTalkRadio.com. Virginia Tech in Virginia. Amo, I don't have a pick on this one, but if I was, I'd definitely be going Virginia. Oh, Virginia I, Tech is six and a half point favorite. I love Virginia in this game. I almost made them a pick. The only thing keeping them from getting into that top three pick status is the fact that they, they really played a great game last week against your team. And uh, I'm just, you know, I'm worried what's left in the tank, but I think they'll be able to get up for this rivalry game. And I like Virginia here for the outright, yeah, by the way. Yeah, I'd go Virginia. You know, I really like Kirk Benkert, the quarterback last week. Looked really good in that game. He had his, you know, he had some moments um, where he kind of, you know, made some mistakes, which is not, un, you know, abnormal in a college football game. But the guy looked pretty good, Emil. And he was pretty hot to start that game against Miami. Well, and, and we knew when he went there, and it didn't show last year, but Mendenhall was always a good coach at BYU. And I think he's got Virginia football headed in the right direction. Yeah, I would definitely agree uh, with your thoughts on that. Iowa and Nebraska, does anyone caring? No, it's a, that's another situation where, you know, Mike Riley, you know, pardon the term, appears to be a dead man walking as far as the coaching uh, Nebraska. They're going to let him – they said he deserves to be able to finish the year. That's not a ringing endorsement. Uh, Nebraska used to be known for playing a little bit of defense. They have no interest in that. They've given up over 50 points three or four times this year. Um, Iowa might be the type of opponent where uh, they, it's a good matchup for Nebraska because Iowa on the road is not going to, you know, they're usually not going to challenge you as much defensively. And Nebraska might want to just, Riley's well liked. So, you know, I would probably lean to taking the points with Nebraska in that game at home. Ohio State and Michigan. Uh, Ohio State, a big favorite in this game. Um, Jim Harbaugh talking about a lifetime contract. Before we get into this game, what are your what are your feelings about that? Jim Harbaugh, lifetime contract as coach of Michigan. Deserve is well, that we, the right move? What do you think? We know they're not lifetime contracts. They can call it whatever they want, but in there there'll be a bio for Harbaugh and a bio for them and they can label it whatever they want and say that he's the Michigan coach till the year twenty fifty. But if he wants to leave, we know he'll leave. <laughs> so I don't really buy it. Um, me neither. Uh, the word lifetime and Jim Harbaugh, I don't think, goes together. But this is the fact. What do you think that's about it? Even having, um, you know, announcing something like that, even putting something like that. I, I think it's hurting his recruiting that he gets mentioned for every NFL job that's up from the Colts. And I've done that. I thought, you know, I said to you one time, I don't know if we were on air or just talking. I said, I, I, I think he's going to be the next Colts coach. And I think a lot of people do that. 
And I think he may have went to them and said, listen, you know, this is killing me with recruiting because kids are looking at me as someone who's going to bowl for the NFL. If we did this and we label it like this, maybe it could bring some stability there. I mean, that's my guess. Yeah, um, perhaps that that is what it is. But we all know, like you said, you know, uh, a lifetime contract is not a lifetime. There's no such thing. Yeah, what are, you, what are your thoughts on this game? Did you have a picture? Like, if you're looking at this game, are, you, are we going to be suckered again? Because last week, Michigan kind of suckered a lot of people getting some decent amount. You know, I think it was seven against Wisconsin. They got beat 24-10. Is this another situation where we run to grab Michigan with double digits at home and get, get uh, disappointed? You know, Emil, I don't think you can talk all week about a lifetime contract for Jim Harbaugh and then go out on the field and lay an egg against your biggest rival. But you know what? I think that's what's going to happen, to be honest with you. I think Ohio State is in that kind of mode where they can smell the college football playoff. As unhappy as people may be about that happening, the folks that are outside of Columbus wondering how in the hell they can still even be thinking about getting into the college football playoff, I think they smell that. And one of the best ways to do that, if if you're trying to control your own destiny, which they don't, but – at least make things look good for themselves if some dominoes fall in the right direction, um, is go out and punish Michigan. And Michigan is really a lame duck. They're a wounded duck right now. Uh, They have serious issues at the quarterback position, and I think ultimately Ohio State's just going to show themselves to be better. Tight game early on because of all of the emotion, uh, you know, a rivalry, but uh, as things wear on, Ohio State's just going to show themselves to be that much better than Michigan. I think that's what's going to end up happening. Yeah, I think the problem in this game for Michigan is we've talked about their offensive woes, and Ohio State, you know, defensively gives up less than 300 yards a game and, and, and less than 20 points a game. So, you know, it's not the type of defense at Ohio State where Michigan can find, I think, find enough offensive success to, to keep their defense fresh, and I think eventually that defense wears down, and Ohio State's just got way too much firepower to, to leave your defense on the field as much as I think Michigan's defense is going to be on the field. Um, let's talk about this one. Now that he's off of the live viewership, I probably should have hit this up while he was on there, but I'm sure everyone will tell him. Louisville is taking on Kentucky. I don't know. For some reason, Louisville is a double-digit favorite in this game. What has Louisville shown you this year that would lend anyone to believe that they should be given this kind of respect, especially in a road game, in a rivalry game? I, I, I just don't – I don't understand. I got nothing. I, I got nothing to – I mean, if if, if I'm taking – if I'm playing this game and I'm not taking, you know, well, let's say this way. I'm either playing Kentucky with the points or I'm not playing this game if I have to pick games because I cannot lay double digits with Louisville on the road here. No, I think it's all about the big name and, and Lamar Jackson and the excitement they bring offensively. They've not played any kind of defense all year long. That's been the biggest problem for them. They've been a disappointment for me. You know, I had them going to the ACC championship game, but – Outside of last week's blow-up win, 56-10, they've not done anything defensively. 21, 42, 28, 45, 39. Those are the kind of points they're giving up each and every week. And Kentucky rolls into this game after getting extremely embarrassed at Georgia. I mean, they're going to come in here with some pride. I don't know that Kentucky's lost back-to-back games this year. I'm all over. I should have made this one of my picks, and I nearly did. But I really like Kentucky as a double-digit underdog. Yeah, I mean, I agree with you. Um, I yeah, we only picked three games, but it, this would have been close to my top three as well. I mean, I, I, that was I like third that and one. A half pick. Pardon? That was your third and a half pick. 
How yeah, my third and a half pick, right? And you know, the next the next game is another one I found interesting too. You know, I just didn't have the guts. For some reason, I have a feeling Georgia Tech's catching 11 at home. I have a feeling that option might might create some issues for Georgia um, this week, especially as they get in a situation where they're they're locked in to the SEC title game and they're playing an out of conference rival. Uh, you know, this could be one of those games where that option actually gives them fit. So you think Georgia Tech has a chance in this game? I, I think I think the start to this game will will determine. I mean, if Georgia Tech comes out and they can keep it in the first quarter, seven three, you know, it, you know, a football game. I think this could be an, a long afternoon where Georgia has to work to get the win. Um, obviously, I think if Georgia jumps out ten nothing, fourteen nothing, it's over because yeah, you know, Georgia Tech just isn't built to play from behind, and they got whacked last week by twenty. So. The doldrums set in, and maybe they get a blowout loss. I think the first quarter and the start of this game is very important for Georgia Tech uh, to be able to, to hang in there for four quarters. Well, I know you drank bourbon last night because it was Thanksgiving and you're around the family. Did you get on some of it early this morning? Or you think you Georgia's it? just going to absolutely throttle them, huh? You're going to have to wait till the end because I do have a pick on this Georgia-Georgia Tech game. <laughs> just okay. hold the hell out of your Nevertheless. Okay. Um, hey, I wouldn't talk about this if it, you know, if they weren't doing so well. But Northwestern and Illinois, I got to dig back into. I might even have it here in this book that I'm looking at. Thought Northwestern would have a good season. I'm not sure if everyone uh, agreed with me on that, but they're having a pretty good year. Amel, they're 16 and a half point favorites on the road. Northwestern Wildcats, 16 and a half point favorites on the road in a in a in a conference game. Did you think you'd see today? After watching Illinois play last week for the first time all year, a little bit against Ohio State, I'm not sure they don't get removed from the Big Ten at some point. But, uh, no, Wait, I never thought I'd see Northwestern. You, you watched Illinois play football? How much time do you have on your hands? Oh, yeah, I know. It was, it was a slow Saturday, believe me. <laughs> oh, super slow. Super, super slow. You know what? They're doing so well. They're doing more well than the well that I had them doing well. I said seven and five for Northwestern this year. I think they have a chance at nine and three, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, well, I think they're going to end up nine and three now. Whether they cover as a double digit, who knows? And in this, it's a it's a rivalry game. But Illinois is horrible. I mean, I watched that game against Ohio State, and it started raining, and Ohio State got cold and bored, or they could have scored eighty points in that game. All right, flying through these because I don't want to bore people to death. Clemson and South Carolina. Does South Carolina have a chance? Clemson, damn near two touchdown favorite. This is one of those hidden rivalries that if you're not from down in the South or you don't know anybody, people don't realize the hate in this game. These two teams do not like each other. Um, I just don't know if South Carolina can move the ball to, to, to stay within this number. Their, their offense concerns me. I'd be hard-pressed to want to take them in this game. Just a reminder, uh, Florida High School football talk coming up here at the top of the next hour with Joshua Wilson from FloridaHSFootball.com. Right now, we're talking the biggest matchups this weekend in college football. Washington State and Washington, by the way, I don't really have a big opinion on that Clemson-South Carolina game. <clears throat> I just I, I, I don't want to see that ACC championship game marred by Clemson messing up and losing to South Carolina. I want that to be as big as big time a game as it can be. So, come on, Clemson, don't mess that up. Let's go to the Apple Cup. It's Washington State and Washington. Washington, a 10-and-a-half-point favorite. I'm not seeing it. If I was going in any direction here, I would be going with the Cougars. They're getting disrespected big time here. 
Well, I got a pick in this game, so you, uh, you're on Washington State. We'll see what I come up with. Okay. Probably sounds like uh, Washington here, but nevertheless. Uh, funnier things have happened. Uh, you want to talk about Texas A&M, LSU, or is it more interesting to talk about Kevin Sumlin? Is he in, is he out, and where would he end up? I'm going to let you pick. Well, I mean, some, someone's going to be an interesting guy. I mean, it seems like at least, if you can believe the rumors, that, that this will be his last game at A&M. We, sh- we shall see. Um, he's an interesting backup choice for some schools. I mean, I don't know. Florida, you'd have more insight as to Florida. I don't know if Florida would be interested in someone. I think if UCLA misses on Kelly, it seems like their intent on getting a big name out there, making a splash, and Kevin Sumlin might be that guy for UCLA, right? He just might be. Uh, you know, I have to think, though, in this Florida search, I think there's a hidden candidate. Uh, I'm uh, strategically thinking – I just don't think they're that they can't be all 100% in on Chip Kelly like that with the possibility of falling on their face. Well, you I wanted to ask me a question you told me on air. You wanted me to dial my memory bank because I'm 49, so I have to go back and really dial to when USC, I remember you saying yesterday, you wanted yeah, why to ask don't we me. Do that? Why don't we do that real quick before we jump into our picks? Your your school, which is USC for all of our new listeners here, a uh, big-time USC Trojans fan is Amo Calamine, and you guys went through uh, a very dark period where USC football was super mediocre, and um, you were fired yet another coach, and you went through the coaching search that ended up with Pete Carroll being the guy. What do you remember from that? Um, and, and so Florida fans and anyone else who's going to be missing a coach here that's interested, even some UCLA fans, if they're listening, can kind of get an idea of what happened there. What do you remember about Well, the, the clock USC turned in the early out. 80s. USC went through the 80s, right? They they had some moderate success, some Pac-12, Pac-10 championships, Rose Bowl wins, top 10 finishes. Uh, and then the 90s came, which is the dark period, as you described. And, uh, you know, the bringing back an older John Robinson and losing bowl games to Fresno State. So the 90s were not good, and the, the millennium turned, and USC needed a coach. And everybody thinks that, you know, I think people have revisionist history. Pete Carroll was not their first choice, not by a long shot. Um, they uh, they dialed up Mike Blotty. Mike Blotty had things going at Oregon. He wasn't interested. Uh, Mike Riley, I believe, was asked. There was a bunch of people. And then finally, you know, it was like, well, okay, this, you know, this guy just got fired from the NFL. He was a younger guy at the time. I think well, maybe early name, 40. Before you go into him actually being hired, was there in the, like what we have going on with Florida, was there a guy that people felt really was going to get hired where there was mutual interest shown? Well, uh, remember now the internet wasn't as pervasive. Early early 2000s, you know, we were just starting to get into where everybody was on the net and we were nowhere near the information we have today. I think right. they were dialed in very heavily to a Mike Bellotti from what I remember. Mm-hmm. I mean, it seemed like he was the hot name. He he had turned Oregon football around. Anybody old as old as Chad and I remembers back in the 70s and the 80s, Oregon football was an absolute disaster. It was a train wreck. I mean, that, that's yeah, terrible. Um, they weren't doing a whole bunch of winning. That's where you went if you were one of the up-and-tier Pac-10 teams, which was called at the time Pac-10. You'd go to Oregon and get your stats up and feel good about yourself, especially off of a loss. That right, right. So Bilotti had come in there, and uh, the, the, they, they won the Pac-10 Pac back in 94 and played that undefeated great Penn State team with Kajana Carter. They lost the game, but they had a nice season. And then early 2000s, he had them back again when they had uh, uh, Joey, Har- what was this, Joey Harrison, or what was the, the quarterback who played for the Lions? 
So anyway, yeah, there you go. So I think he was uh, one of their more primary candidates, along with Mike Riley, who was a hot name at the time. But it was definitely not Pete. Pete was nowhere on anyone's so tell me, radar feel, like me. Um, how did you feel about the Pete Carroll hiring? Um, be honest about it. Oh, I, w- I shrugged my shoulders and said, what? I mean, I, w- I admit it. I, anybody who tells you that they are a USC fan and they thought that Pete Carroll was going to be the next coming of John McKay or John Robinson, they're lying to you. There's no way anybody saw that coming. Sure. Um, and, and he had results fairly quickly. Um, so far as hidden candidates, because uh, I'm being asked that, thoughts on who a hidden candidate would be, man, um, I could speculate forever, but I think that hidden candidate is going to truly be hidden. How long did it go with Pete Carroll when his name was brought up, in between the time his name was brought up and he actually became the coach? Was he pulled out of the back room and then, boom, Pete Carroll is your guy, or there was, hey, USC has been in talks with Pete Carroll and went on for a couple of days or weeks even, and then he became coach. Well, you know how much I follow this, and I have to tell you, I'm dialing back now, what is it, 17 years, and I, I, I kind of just remember it being like, what the hell? Like, I mean, I don't even remember right. me thinking Pete Carroll. I really don't. Yeah, for some reason, Abel, and, and you, let me know what your thoughts are on this. I just have to think that there is a back burner guy right now for Florida in the event that this whole Chip Kelly thing blows up, and I have a feeling it's a name that hasn't really – been mentioned as a possibility for the job. It could be someone like Elaine Kiffin that they've been negotiating with behind what, the scenes. What if or it was a name big name that, that's off your radar? What if it was a guy like a John Gruden, a guy who's been out for eight or ten years, certainly knows football, certainly knows offensive football and producing quarterbacks? What if it was somebody like him who just said, yeah, you know, I want, I want to go back into this and I'm interested in doing college? You know, Emil, it is a possibility because he's, he, he lives in Tampa, seems to love Florida, and it wouldn't be that much of a, a stretch or a move for him. not saying I have any information on that. Um, nor no, I'm, I'm just throwing, I'm throwing I, something I out there it. like you're saying a back a backroom name. Where, see, right. I think fans uh, – Something like that? Who knows? Fans want the big name. And uh, because they they look at the like in other words you take Chip they they see what he did at Oregon for those four years he was there and they automatically assume he's just going to recreate that at wherever he goes next and you know and I know that doesn't always happen it can but like you know Nick Saban went to LSU had his thing there and then did it even bigger at Alabama that could happen or it could be not so good the second time around you just don't know. You know, it's funny, Emil, like when this first started and Chip Kelly's name came up, I don't think Florida fans were all that geared up for the name Chip Kelly. I mean, they weren't that sure, but the more and more Florida seemed to go all in with him, the more and more the Florida fans felt like, we've got to get Chip Kelly, we've got to get Chip Kelly. And I've kind of pulled back to the point where, look, if, if, if they get him, they get him. If they don't, they don't. You know, you move on to another candidate. A lot of these times, um, it's been a second or third candidate that's come in and gotten some of these high-profile jobs and, and done a, a really good thing with it. So, you know, just kind of roll with the punches. What's and a lot of these guys will answer something for you. Uh, the experienced coaches like him, he may know 
where he's vulnerable. So if he doesn't take the Florida job, it may be a blessing in disguise. He may be telling you, absolutely. hey, I don't think I could have won big at Florida. I don't know, you know? Absolutely, absolutely. And I know the fans are extremely emotionally invested in this whole Chip Kelly thing. Uh, you know, they're following live feeds where reporters are at the airport um, waiting to see what who's going to come off of the plane. That was the scene here last week. We're in that social media era. Um, so you have that going on. And he's supposed to, allegedly, going to make an announcement on Sunday. And if it's not the University of Florida, you're going to have some guys uh, that are Florida fans wanting to drink some kind of rat poison. And I'm just saying, you don't want to get that emotionally invested in any one candidate for this job. Because sometimes, and like Amos said, um, if a guy doesn't take the job, he may, he may know. I've been offered jobs um, throughout my time, and I've turned them down simply because I know I either wasn't ready or that's not me. Um, I don't think I'll be successful in it. And, you know, that's just me knowing myself. So Chip Kelly may really, really know himself. And if he doesn't take the Florida job, in his mind, he's kind of telling you, um, I might not have been as successful as people think I would have been at that place. Yeah, and conversely, if he takes the UCLA job, you'll have UCLA fans on message boards proclaiming them Pac-12 champions for the next decade. I mean, you know, that's just the way it works. Yeah, um, of course that's going to happen. Everyone gets excited uh, most of the time for the new hire. But this whole thing is going to get very, very interesting if Chip Kelly does not, in fact, choose Florida. So get ready for uh, all of the – so you talk about circus with Dallas Cowboys. Uh, that The coaching search is going to turn into a real circus, not, not because of anything the University of Florida is doing. It's just the fans are going to turn it into that. You're going to hear all the meltdowns. Uh, and I'll be there to, to watch the whole thing. All right, let's talk about our picks. Let's get into that so we can uh, jump into a little quick NFL talk. Um, you're first in this college football thing. Okay, last games? week was not too good. We were both 1-2 and two in college football, so let's see if we can throw some 3-0 and out today. First, I'm going to go off the grid a little today. Uh, one of these games, it's not on anyone's radar. It's a Mac game, believe it or not. And I'm going to tell you, take Buffalo plus 6.5 points at home against Ohio. Ohio lost their division last week when they lost their big game against in-state uh, school Akron. Akron will be playing in that half of the MAC, uh, the MAC title game. Ohio's on the road today at Buffalo. Buffalo needs the win to become bowl eligible. Ohio's kind of playing for like, you know, when we're not in the championship game, we're making a road trip up to Buffalo, New York, the day after Thanksgiving. I'll take the six and a half with Buffalo at home to get it done. Okay, what do you have next? Then I slide down to the big game today, uh, the Central Florida-South Florida game. Central Florida is a nine-point favorite, and you know what? As good of, of a year as they've had, I've got to take South Florida with nine points in this contest. I mean, they're a 9-1 football team. South Florida, under the radar, is giving up less than 20 points a game and 323 yards of offense, which is very good in today's college game where teams routinely roll up 500 yards of offense. Um, that's, that's a pretty good defensive football club. I think they can slow down Central Florida enough to, if they don't win this game, certainly come within the bloated number. I'll take South Florida plus the nine points. And then finally, I'm going to go to that Apple Cup tomorrow. And, uh, you know, Washington's a 10.5-point favorite at home. And they've blown out Washington State consistently the last four or five years. Uh, and I just think this is a case where people are looking at the past and projecting it forward. And I like Washington State in this game. 
Um, Washington State plays pretty darn good defense, 303 yards a game, um, right up there with Washington leading the Pac-12 and being disrespected. If they win this game, they meet USC in a rematch in the Pac-12 title game. Washington's out of that game. Um, only Stanford or Washington State can win that division. So Washington's kind of sitting here thinking of what could have been. I'll take 10.5 points in Washington State. All right. For some reason, man, I thought you were going Washington on that one. Very interesting. Um, I think, though, even though you picked that Washington, even though you picked Washington State in this game, I don't think you'd be surprised if Washington blew out uh, Washington State. Well, you know, Washington State's one of those teams, you know, they call it up. I have some friends up in Seattle that are big Washington fans, and they call it cooging it. You know, that's when you're supposed to do something good, and you're a Washington State uh, team, and you cook it, they call it. So I'm hoping they don't go out there and cook it up today, and that they do, they, they play the way they played for the vast majority of this year, which is solid. Yeah, just to remember, to, uh, remind it to our listeners, if you want to call into the show today, it's 319-527-6059. In addition to the live broadcast uh, on Facebook, we are also doing uh, our show live on blogtalkradio.com. So, uh, again, if you want to call into the show, 319-527-6059. You can also take your comments and all those other things out on Twitter, at Gridiron Studs, if you want to follow us there. Uh, Lawrence Jones, Larry. Uh, yeah, man, doing this radio thing, Emil, and just since you can't see it, responding to some of the live viewers here. Yeah, doing this radio and Facebook live thing um, and enjoying it all at the same time. All right, let's talk about my picks this weekend. UCF, USF, big game here in, again in South Florida. I mean, down here in Florida, who thought? Uh, it's Florida, Florida State Week, and uh, USF, UCF is the big game down here. Emil, I agree with you on it. UCF is having a great year. You know what? USF is having a great year, too. And for UCF to be that big of a favorite in this game has to be uh, such a slap in the face to USF. They've got to come into this game extremely, extremely motivated. And um, for them to be a nine-point favorite just kind of blows me away. Almost scary, though, Emil, because, you know, uh, we've, we've had those times before where a line looks so out of whack that we kind of just go with it because – you know, you're on that thought process of somebody knows something that we don't. And there's a little bit of that in there for me, but just looking at it, uh, the strength of these two teams, um, I just have to think USF uh, hangs tight with this one, and they come in as the more motivated team in, in this contest. The only thing that I could see possibly happening here is if there's something behind the scenes. Both of these guys, Charlie Strong and, um, and uh, both head coaches right here, are involved, and, and, and Frost, Scott Frost, sorry, I lost the name there for a minute, Scott Frost and Charlie Strong kind of being dabbled with uh, as, as, as candidates for other jobs. And so one of these guys are really being uh, affected by that, which happens this time of year. We could see a poor performance by one of these teams. I'm saying if we're just going with everything clean, I like USF as a nine-point underdog in this contest. Yes, sir. Let's talk about it yeah, let, here's another game that we, we did touch on a little bit, Georgia and Georgia Tech. I think Georgia's got to be a little deflated. Yeah, they went out and beat up on Kentucky last week. I think that was just straight anger. You know, if you've ever had something happening and you just tore the whole room up, and then after you tore the room up, um, the disappointment settles in. That might be what happened last week. They tore up Kentucky, but when they sit back and look, Georgia's got to be a little disappointed with what, you know, has happened here over the last month for them. They had everything right in their hands, and they kind of, let it slip away. Now you got to go play a Georgia Tech team that is extremely different from any other kind of team that you play. 
And you know what? Georgia Tech that has that option going pretty good. They're a solid football team. This is a rivalry, and Georgia comes in as an 11-point favorite. I don't like it. I like Georgia Tech to keep this thing close, and it's going to be a true rivalry. So give me Georgia Tech plus 11 points. And then there's the Iron Bowl. Amo, I've been listening to this for week after week after week. Everyone talking about Auburn going to beat uh, Alabama in this game. I've watched both of these teams extensively, Emil, and I'm just not seeing it. I think Alabama is too good up front on defense um, in that defensive line for Auburn to go out and do what they want to do offensively. And Auburn has to flow offensively to play um, a really good game. As that offense goes in terms of flow, so does Auburn. And I think it's just going to be extremely stunned by Alabama. And what happens when people get down on Bama and, and make them an underdog? Even though they're the favorites in this game, all I've been hearing is Auburn, Auburn, Auburn. Um, when you hear that, you better be afraid. I like Alabama in this game. Give me them. And you know what? My question in this game, we touched on it last week a little bit. My question in this game is what Auburn do I get? Do, do I get the Auburn that allowed seven sack, 11 sacks against Clemson? And is, is that fixed permanently, or is that something that Nick Saban can see on tape and say, I can, I, can, I can do the same thing here? And that's where I get scared, and I love your pick. I mean, we didn't talk about that game earlier, but, yeah, I like Alabama in this game a lot. Yeah, so for me, it's South Florida, Georgia Tech, and Alabama. For Amel, it's Buffalo, USF, and Washington State. And with that, we're going to jump to a break when we get back. NFL picks, and then – we're going to have high school football talk with Joshua Wilson coming up next here on the Gridiron Stud Show. Stay with us. We'll be right back right after this. Sure, summer's gone, winter's here, but that doesn't mean everyone's putting their t-shirts away. Whether it's the company recreational basketball team, the youth soccer league for the kids, or the Halloween party your buddy throws every year, t-shirts are as much a part of the American culture as Tom Brady deflating footballs. Screen printed t-shirts are costly when done for small groups. They're limited in color unless you want to pay even higher prices. More colors, more costly. The answer? Do it yourself at home with your inkjet printer and a hand iron. Whether it's your 7-on-7 team, your child's birthday party, or the family reunion, you can do it yourself and they'll look great. That's right, with heat transfer paper sold at t-shirtsupplies.com, you can design your own logos, you can do the wording, whatever you want, print it on your own inkjet paper sold by t-shirtsupplies.com, and iron it on with your own hand iron. The design or pictures you put on your t-shirts are limited only by your own imagination and creativity. If you dream it up and design it, the paper soul at t-shirtsupplies.com can get it onto your t-shirt. By the way, don't worry if you haven't done it before. As T-Shirt Supplies has first-rate customer service, they'll help you get the right paper for your project and steer you in the right direction. Visit them at t-shirtsupplies.com. That's t-shirt, no hyphen, supplies pearl, all one word, dot com. Or call them at 1-877-857-2737. 1-857-85-PAPER. T-ShirtSupplies.com. Go there now. Hey, hey, hey. Do you love fantasy sports? Do you love money? Do you love excitement? Well, get ready because you may have found your heaven. FanDuel has combined all of these great things into one amazing website. 
Turn your love for sports into money and excitement with one week and even one day fantasy leagues with a chance for enormous payoffs. FanDuel pays out over $10 million in winnings weekly to its members. That's right, $10 million. One member has made over $600,000 playing in their league. Another customer entered a one-day contest for $25 and, get this, cashed out $25,000 that day. FanDuel even offers a 100% money-back guarantee. Sign up now and join a league. If you don't absolutely love it, they'll give you your money back. You can enter leagues for as little as $1. For a limited time, FanDuel is offering a 100% deposit match bonus to Gridiron Stud Show listeners. That's right, they'll match your initial deposit all the way up to $200. What more can you ask for? Just head over to FanDuel.com right now and enter the promo code GRIDIRONSTUDS when you sign up. But you better hurry. The match bonus is going to end soon. Just head over to FanDuel.com and enter the promo code GRIDIRONSTUDS. Do it now! Trying to get our two boys ready to carry them to the golf tournament for practice, right? Twelve cats live across the road. Our door's open. Screen's broke. We need to get a new screen door, but the screen's broke. So you come in through the screen, but you can't get back out of it. I turn and look. There's a little kitty cat in our in our kitchen. So I said, what are you doing in here, little kitty cat? By that time, eh, the cat turns, tries to get back out. That screen won't go that way. cat starts going, meow, all crazy. And I told our players, we need more dogs. Bo's barking in the back. I have to go shut Bo up. Mel's like, what's going on? I said, there's a cat in the house. Cat in the house? I said, yeah, there's a cat in the house. So I told our players, I tried to let it out the front door. Meow, meow. The cat's still going crazy in there. And I told our players, you need to be more like a dog. We don't need a bunch of cats in here. Meow, looking in the mirror. Do I look good? I got my extra bands on. I got my other shoes on. Be a dog. We don't need no meows. We don't need no cats. We need more dogs. Got to be one of the best coaching sound bites. here for our lives. Turn sideways, get some juice in the battery, but we're back. Red Iron Stud Show. Juggling a radio show and a live uh, viewing audience on Facebook. Uh, really a hoot. Anyway, we're back, Amo. Amo Calamino, are you there? I'm here. I'm just listening to you go on and on about turning that sideways. I was starting to get dizzy here. I'm, I'm sitting here. I'm watching. Why Why is this sideways? Yeah, I'm, I was sideways there. Phone's dying, and uh, just trying to get myself together here. Now I look like I'm in a dark room. Nevertheless, we'll figure this thing Let out. Let me ask you. Wait, wait. We're gonna. I know we're going to do our NFL picks. I gotta ask you a question. What do you think about this NFL slate this weekend? Which is? Uh, I don't know. I'm asking you. What do you think about it? Did you did you just peruse it as a whole and say, man, I love this. I can't wait. Or, or are you looking going? Hmm. I need to find a game I can watch here. Oh, Emil, I mean, I wasn't super excited about it. That's continued to be the case for the last few weeks here. Uh, we did have Thanksgiving slate. There were a couple of good games yesterday. Well, not let's not say a couple. We had one good game. There was one, the first one. <laughs> Detroit 
and Minnesota ended up being a pretty good game. So that's one game of list, you know, eliminated from the Sunday slate. Um, was there a whole lot for me to get excited about? No. Saints Rams. Yes, that 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 is the game. I mean, I'm sliding down this thing, and I see one, uh, two, three, four, five lines that are double digits in professional football. Now, most of the, if, if for anybody older than 35 in our audience, you'll remember that was almost unheard of. A double digit line in professional football was odd it was not this is not college football you got five of them this week as i'm uh, i've got kansas city sliding up to 10 point favorites right now against buffalo so that's five lines that are uh, double digits yeah so we don't need to really go on and on about this no. yeah, i'm not i'm not going to jump through these games so just really just give you the picks i'm going first in this one uh amel you listen green bay and pittsburgh pittsburgh coming off of the big win on uh, Thursday of last week. What's their motivation here in a game against Green Bay that looks extremely wounded? Um, you know, Huntley at quarterback. Not much for Pittsburgh to get up for. And in the NFL on any given Sunday, as they say, anything can happen. Do I think the Packers can win this game? No, I think they can stay inside this number, though. So I'm going to take the Packers. Touchdown underdogs in this contest. Um, I'm grabbing some more points again. Chicago and Philadelphia. Philadelphia got a big blowout win over um, a, a division rival in the Dallas Cowboys to totally crush them. And then next week, we've got Seattle. Uh, so this is one of those sandwich games. They're only 13. They're, they're a big 13 and a half point favorite. Chicago Bears in this one. By the way, you're on Darth Vader status. I think you know what that means. So, um, I got you. I'm going to take the Bears as big underdogs in this one. And then. You know, we talked about that Rams-Saints game. I'm going to take the Rams here. They're at home off of the uh, bad loss against Minnesota. I like them here. The Saints, they got to come back down to earth at some point. Are the Saints that good, Abel? I don't know. I'm, I'm going to take the Rams. I'm going to have my back. I'm going to rank. Well, I'll tell you something. Sometimes when we do these picks, I think people must figure that we talk to each other before. We swear to God we don't. My first pick is I, I, I like the Chicago Bears grabbing 13 and a half. If you haven't been paying attention this year, have been fairly competitive and they play some defense i'm not sure the eagles win against the cowboys is nearly as impressive after you watch dallas get throttled yesterday by san diego as well as you point out sandwich game here for the eagles hard time seeing them being motivated to win this game by 20 points i think the bears easily cover this number uh again we're on the same team i like the rams giving two and a half points in this game. I think we saw the Vikings are a quality football team. The Rams lost that game on the road last week. No shame there. Uh, the Saints did an escape act. They've won eight in a row. It's time for that winning streak to end. I think the Rams go out and take care of business at home and win this game, uh, maybe by double digits even. I could see the Rams playing very well this week. And then my last pick, we are not on the same team. I'm to take a team that I think is really starting to come into their own and is going to be dangerous in the playoffs, and that's the Atlanta Falcons. They're giving 10 points at home. I don't typically like to lay double digits in professional football, but Tampa Bay is a disaster, and uh, their season's over, and it's been over for a while now, and I think Atlanta goes and really does them pretty good on Sunday, so I'll lay the 10 points with Atlanta. Yeah, I'd have to agree with you on that one, too. I almost made Atlanta pick. I'm just a little bit scary, a little bit scary of, of laying that 10 with Atlanta off of a off of a road win in a primetime game in Seattle. 
um, that's that's what scared me there. So I'm, I'm I laid off of it. But if I was going to go in any direction, I'd go with the Atlanta Hawks. So that's that. Yeah, that's it's a, it's hard to get excited about the, what the Buccaneers are throwing on that field these days. So yeah, a little bit disappointed in them. Thought they'd have a better season, but that is not the case. So. That's that. That's our quick little NFL talk here on the Gridiron Stud Show. Going to jump into a really quick, fast break. And when we come back, we're talking high school football with Joshua Wilson from FloridaHSFootball.com. Going to talk about the third round of the playoffs. Well, it's that fast. We're in the third round of the playoffs down here in the state of Florida. Oh, yeah. Well, good luck to you tonight. And everybody enjoy their uh, leftovers today and tomorrow in the football. A lot of good rivalry games. Have a good weekend. Yeah, definitely coming up. Amos out of here. Quick break. When we get back, we get high school football in the state of Florida. Uh, the state championship series is coming. The series, the state championship series is coming. Yeah, say that really fast. Anyway, playoffs here in the state of Florida. We got to talk about it, and we will when we get back right here on the Great Iron Stud Show. Real quick, we'll be right back. Yes. Hey, 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 do you love fantasy sports? Do you love money? Do you love excitement? Well, get ready, because you may have found your heaven. FanDuel has combined all of these great things into one amazing website. Turn your love for sports into money and excitement with one week and even one day fantasy leagues with a chance for enormous payouts. FanDuel pays out over $10 million in winnings weekly to its members. That's right, $10 million. One member has made over $600,000 playing in their league. Another customer entered a one-day contest for $25 and, get this, cashed out $25,000 that day. FanDuel even offers a 100% money-back guarantee. Sign up now and join a league. If you don't absolutely love it, they'll give you your money back. You can enter leagues for as little as $1. For a limited time, FanDuel is offering a 100% deposit match bonus to Gridiron Stud Show listeners. That's right, they'll match your initial deposit all the way up to $200. What more can you ask for? Just head over to FanDuel.com right now and enter the promo code Gridiron Studs when you sign up. But you better hurry. The match bonus is going to end soon. Just head over to FanDuel.com and enter the promo code Gridiron Studs. Do it now! I'm going to be able to do here on a live show because, um, and unfortunately, battery is dying. Nevertheless, as we do every week, going to have uh, Joshua Wilson on here with us. Not going to have, he is here. Joshua Wilson is here with us to discuss high school football. Man, Josh, third round already, my friend. This thing's moving super uh, fast. Well, Juan, Juan, I hope your Thanksgiving was was good, but uh, man, uh, I tell you, it's hard to believe we're we're at the uh, at, at the pinnacle of uh, of the playoffs here. You know, this is the, this is 
you know, we, we, we reached the mountaintop here, and now it's all downhill from there. <laughs> We're downhill to the state championships after this weekend, man. But, hey, but hey it, it really, you look at it, and it's like you realize, hey, we, we know tonight that eight teams will have punched their ticket to a state championship game in two weeks. Next week, we'll find out the other eight. So. Yeah, and, and look, let me just what, – what were the big surprises for you last week if there were any? Were there any big surprises? You know, I mean, really just kind of looking at everything, uh, I mean, really because my my pickums that I do with, the, with some of the media guys here, you know, with everything, really there wasn't too many surprises. I mean, the, I, mean, the, uh, I, mean I only went wrong, wrong on one game out of 15 I picked on, on the whole thing. So that was, you know, that's a, that's a good thing, you know, in, in such a sense that, you know, nobody lost the games that, you know, were expected to lose. It's just, a, I mean, the really – I, I can't really pull out really just any surprises or upsets just because really at this particular, I mean, the only one I could really say at this particular point was surprising in, in, in such a sense was Dwyer going down the sixth spot. And that was, I, I had to ask if it, were, were we playing baseball or uh, soccer or something? Cause they sure weren't playing football. It seems like the way that score looked. <laughs> yeah. Um, that, I don't know that that was a surprise. I think you and I talked earlier this year, and this is not, um, you know, one of the better Dwyer teams. It, it almost oh. seems like the, 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 the better days are behind right now for Dwyer. There's always a chance you could recapture them. Um, they've got a good coach and a good program there. Just right now, it seems a little bit more down for Dwyer. Uh, but, yeah, odd score in that game, you know, for sure. For yeah, sure. So. Six, yeah, six six five on that one. I mean, the only other one that really sticks out to me in terms of being surprising, and of of I mean, I guess maybe a couple others I would pull, point out here to saying that were surprises was uh, you know okay Western beating Palm Beach Central fourteen twelve. I think you know hey that speaks Western for Western doing. And the other yeah, one is uh, surprise like Western being going this far in the playoffs. I, I, is this the I furthest they've ever been? This is the this is the furthest they've ever been. I mean, they've won their first playoff game last, uh, two weeks ago. Now they've won two in a row, first ten win season in the school history. And I'm um, the other the other game that was really more of a surprise to me at this particular point was uh I mean I mean it was a rivalry game and it, it said the fact because the two had met already each other once in the season was Fort Myers and North Fort Myers North Fort Myers holding that one seed in Region Three and Six A. For for the Red Knights to lose seven six to, to their rival Fort Myers, it, I mean that you know it's really just it, it really shocked me because I thought okay well here's North Fort Myers having a really incredible season even though eight and zero missed two games go through for Irma, you know everything you know everything in the kitchen sink being thrown at at the teams in Southwest Florida this year, and you know for Fort Myers who went you know, only five and three in the regular season again missing two games here as well, I mean. Fort Myers, I mean, this is really speaks for them in, in, in the fact that they get to the regional final here. Yeah, uh, definitely. I, I, not, I don't think anyone was really talking these guys at the beginning of the year. I don't think that's what was going on. But you know what? In the interest of getting enough coverage time for them, because we rarely ever in our discussions on this show get into classes 1 and 2A, let's start there. Very interesting, Pahokee and Madison County in that south bracket big-time game. As you all know, what happened to Pahokee last year, got all the way there, went and played in the game, and then um, some shenanigans, and they had to um, – they, they got a little bit of a black eye um, last year. Here's their chance to go back with a little bit of redemption, and hopefully everything was done the right way this time. But that's a big-time matchup, Madison County and Pahokee. 
Big big time matchup disclaimer here. Okay, I'm okay. hearing some feedback. Yeah, you're good to go. You're all right. Okay, I just want to make sure. No, everything on this whole entire thing with Pahokee Madison County is that the whole this game really. I'm going to say disclaimer. I'm actually doing the podcast on the NFHS Network, so I'm doing that. Not doing the scoreboard. But uh, this game really, you know, Pahokee, you know, they're looking for redemption in this game. But the fact is, is that Madison County, I think, has a has a, a bigger bigger thing because they're looking for war. Because they, you know, it was a two game last year. This is this is a, this is this is a redemption game for both teams, to be honest with you, Chad. Because you know, yeah, Pahokee wants that title back. They actually earned last year. Madison County is like, hey, they should be part of the state championship. They should have been the state championship last year. I think the, t- the tables are turned because now Madison Madison gets to sit at comfort at home on Thanksgiving weekend. Mahoney has to make the six seven hour drive up to Madison County. It's not an easy trip for them. This is going to be tough for them playing at Boot Hill Stadium tonight. And, and, yeah, and to be honest, I want to stop you there, uh, Josh. Why is it set up that way? Why is it, why is this the so called Southern bracket featuring two teams so far away from each other? It's because of the one A. It's because of Pahokee being further south than class one A. That's the perfect thing. Really, you don't have as many south south than one A. Right, and and that's why the thing was broken up this way. Josh, are you by any chance following us on Facebook Live? I had been following a little bit on it, so I mean, I did see the, I did, but I'm not right this second, so that way I don't have feedback coming through. <laughs> yeah, okay. I was, I was wondering if that was a little bit of a problem because you know we're, you're a little bit cutting in and out there, but nevertheless, um, we by and large we're hearing you well here, so don't worry about that. Um, yeah, so I was just kind of trying to understand why the why the South was set up that way, why you would have a Pahokee taking on Madison County. For you know, for this for the South. So because there weren't that many South teams, how did they go about deciding which teams were in the Northern region? Um, uh, deciding who in the North they would put in the South. How did they go about doing that? Yeah, I mean, uh, the thing is, is that here's the thing with that is that the teams consist mostly a lot of rural teams in the Panhandle. So that's why basically you can look at it on a map and call it. You want to say that? That's really what it is. You know, the West is the Panhandle, probably from from uh, from Jefferson County on. So basically, you know, half the area. And the in the South is pretty much from Madison to all the way to Pahokee. And, and you know, Pahokee is the further South human the next, the next two points are called Crosby, which is an over an hour in Fort County. So after that, you go to the city. So there, there's that. Yeah, I, we're having, I'm having a little bit of a problem uh, hearing you. I think there's, uh, I don't know if you're in a good area, if you're on a cell phone, um, just cutting out in and out there a little bit. So I don't know if you could. I'm on the right find that. Oh, you're you're on a landline. I'm on a Skype line uh, through the oh, internet. So. Okay, just a little bit of an issue there, but uh, nevertheless, we'll continue on here. Uh, out of the north in this thing, you've got Bluntstown, you've got Baker. Do you have a, a particular favorite? Who do you think is going to come out of that north in one A? 
really, this is another dogfight in this one. So I really think at this particular point, Chad, to be honest with you, it's going to be both teams are really, really good. I think one sounds sinking on Baker on this one since it's a rematch from last year in the North State semifinal final. I like one sound tougher than Baker. So I mean it really at this particular point, I really like one sound in Madison. I mean, no offense to Pahokey, but Pahokey's got a tough trip. This is a six seven trip for them. I cannot I just don't know how he's gonna be able to come and play football day after a big holiday. And, I could see them. They were posting on Facebook and social media last night and all, all the different channels that, you know, hey, get the kids there, take the phone away. I think, I think it was, I don't think I've seen this much concern from people like that posting on social media for years to make sure that players were doing everything right the night before. So, you know, that, that tells you, there. you know, this is not going to be an easy trip for folks. Yeah, and I would agree with that. Josh, I don't know if this is possible, but if, if possible, could you call back into the show on, on maybe a cell phone? Is that possible? Because I can't really Let hear you see. that well. Let me see what happens. Okay, hold on one second. Yeah, not a problem. And I'll, I'll just continue to carry things on here. But that's what we have here down in the southern bracket. It's a little weird, as we talked about, uh, where you do have a team, Madison County, that's in the panhandle, 162-7 to last week against Dixie County, taking on Pahokee, who's down here in the Okeechobee, um, in, in the Muck area, and, and that's what we have for a South region matchup. Unfortunate, but, you know, like Josh says, they don't have too many uh, teams in the Southern uh, region in 1A in, in Florida high school football, so we have that matchup. Um, but nevertheless, going to be a re- really interesting game. Two very strong programs in Madison County and Pahokee battling tonight for the right to go to the, uh, to the championship game at Camping World Stadium in a couple of weeks. I'm going to slide on over to 2A and see if we can get Josh to rejoin us here on the show. Um, as soon as he does, we, we can, uh, I can get his thoughts on what he thinks is going to happen here in 2A. But just to set things up for you, we've got Champagnat, who was a 47-0 winner over Moorhaven last week, taking on Cambridge Christian, two blowout um, winners last week. Cambridge Christian won 50-14 to over Indian Rocks Christian. Uh, I would have to, uh, me personally, I would think, uh, as I get Joshua Wilson to join us back here. Josh, you there? Can you hear me better? Yeah, no, definitely, definitely. More crystal clear here. Um, I just I was actually into- using a mixer board. I, don't, I was actually using a mixer board and headsets, and I don't understand what was going on with that. That may be my Internet connection for some reason. I don't know. I've been having trouble with the Internet here in my, my place for the last couple of weeks for some reason. Yeah, that was that was probably the issue. Um, I moved on into two A down here in the South Region. Cambridge Christian blowout winner, fifty to fourteen last week over Indians Rocks Christian. Taking on Chapinard Catholic, who had a big shutout win over Moorhaven, forty-seven nothing. Two blowout winners in this contest. Um, this looks like Chapinard Catholic to me getting a chance to go back for some redemption in in the championship game. Of, from last year, looks to me like it's theirs. Is theirs to lose? Am I, am I wrong? This is Champion has everything to lose in this game. I mean, this is theirs to lose totally. You're absolutely right. And then uh, University Christian on the other end, Victory Christian. I mean, those two teams have met the last two years, and, but I still like University Christian and Champion to meet again in the two A uh, state championship in two weeks. 
compare this university Christian team to last year's university Christian team. Um, how much more different are they? Uh, I would, I, I'd, I'd say there is some differences because some of the key players that were on that team are gone. But this, you know, this team still plays a tough schedule year in and year out. I, I think it's just a matter of it's, it's it's a matter of reloading, not rebuilding, and that's what University of Christian does. Yeah, no, you know, no question about that. So I would agree with you. Probably looking at a Champagnat Catholic uh, against University Christian rematch there. Sliding up to three A, really big game down here in South Florida. Uh, Chaminade taking on Central. Uh, Clearwater Central Catholic, Chaminade was, has just been so dominant going through this thing. 38-0, now 56-0, scoring big points, not allowing points. Can anyone stop Chaminade right now? You're looking at the team on the other side of the bracket, right, just second on, on the Region 3 side that might be able to stop them. But, you know, I think a lot of people, this is this is for Chaminade to be able to lose here at this point. And uh, if you look at the other side with the north bracket, Oxbridge and Florida High, I think that's a runaway for Oxbridge. And you, you're going to have a you're gonna have a soft Florida showdown for the 3A title this year. It's going to be Oxbridge versus Chaminade. It's funny, Oxbridge is in the north, but they're really not a north team. They're a south Florida team. So is that the same situation as what we have in 1A, just not enough teams, and so we've had to do some funny things with how we've divided it? Uh, no, no, no. This is just it's, – it's a little odd on this one because I think the way the image is set it up, it, it's, it's a little weird. I think it's more – they were looking at some geographical things, and I just don't know if they got it in the right geographical sense. I think they could have uh, – uh, with, with, with the teams like Region with, – with, with the Region 3, should probably been Region 2. And the Region well, 2 should be Region 3. Sure, sure. But you know what, though, uh, Joshua, at the end of the day, I think we're going to end up with the best possible matchup, Oxbridge and, and, and oh, Chaminade. No, no doubt about it. No, no, no doubt about it. Chaminade, Oxbridge, Oxbridge is, you know, their first uh, first time in the state semifinal game. And I think, that, you know, a lot of people, I think, pegged this from the start. It would be Chaminade and Oxbridge in the 3A game. And sure enough, we're, 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 one, we're, we're just one game away from this happening. You know, it's yeah, it's pretty much it's almost a virtual reality. I mean, no offense to Clearwater Central Catholic or Florida High, but you got tough games tonight. Good luck trying to win them. You know, it's just been the case for Clearwater Central Catholic and it seemed for for many several years now is that in their area they're very very dominant, and then it just seems like every year when they end up taking it taking on whatever team it is that comes from just south of them, they've not been able to be competitive. I, 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 you know, that's the thing. It's you know, it just it, in my mind, it's it really with all that. It's just for Shaman and Madonna. It's just really, you know, for, for Shaman and Madonna, you know, it's really just that. But it's from Clearwater Central Catholic in the same. It, I think it's you know they try to schedule tough, but I don't think they get the right tough games that they need to. It's just you know, it's it's how do you prepare for a sophomore team? And you know, if you're that's the, that's the thing for them. It's that you gotta face speed. You have, you have to think big in this case, and it's really, you know, for, for you know, you have to really look at the dynamics of your schedule. And if you can at least find some way to get a sophomore team on your schedule, at least one, 
you're, you're doing better than most of them. You're doing better than 99% of the teams outside of South Florida. Get the South Florida team on the schedule. Yeah, no doubt about it. Um, you know, I was a little surprised with Melbourne Central Catholic getting handled so easily by Oxford. I thought that'd be a better game. You know, that, I, 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 I thought that was going to be a better team as well, but it, I think it kind of speaks for Oxbridge and that they, they are really good. I think people try to discount them during the offseason, like, oh, they're going to go downhill. You know, they've had those issues the last two years here, you know, where, you know, Doug Sosha got fired from the job, and then they had all the coaching change, and then some players started to leave and all that. And I think, you know, it's just, I think all this just shuts up all everything that has happened. And it's like, hey, Osprey is going to be good no matter which direction you go in. Yeah, apparently so. Um, and I'm, I am, you know, like you said, no, no, no disrespect to the opponents for these two teams tonight, but it just seems inevitable that we're headed to the out of Oxford's matchup. And I'm excited about it. I think that's a good matchup for us to have in the state championship. Slide in the 4A, Coco and University School. Um, listen, Coco going to be the odds-on favorite here. I haven't even looked at what Pinko says here. I'm fairly certain he has Coco as a sizable favorite in this game. Can University do anything to upset the, in, in, the inevitable here? Uh, I mean – they just got to have to play A-plus football. I mean, that's just it, A-plus football. If they don't play A-plus football, you forget it. It's, it's not happening. And, and really, Coco, Coco got scared two weeks ago by they, they had to take that loss. I think a team losing a game like that kind of humbles them a little bit, and they humble Coco because now all of a sudden Coco is playing almost perfect football. University school is going to have to play perfect football in order to defeat Coco. I don't see it happening. It's just too much right there. Yeah, um, it, it's, it's definitely a tough hill to climb. You, either way, though, you've got to take your hat off to university school uh, for getting this far. I don't know that many people had them advancing this far. Uh, but it's been a wacky year for a. Let's say that. Oh yeah, it's been a wacky year. I mean, you look at the north side of the bracket. I mean, Bradford. I mean, talking about Bradford. I mean, did anybody see Bradford getting here? Uh, no, not the state semifinal. No, I didn't. Now, now no. they're here one game away, and they're away from playing a state championship in Bradford. This is their first state semifinal since 1986. So it's. Yeah, but like in the South region, um, you know, Pecos thinks this is a runaway for range two. So if we're just going on assumptions here, um, how good of a game are we looking at if it ends up being range and Coco? Oh, I think we're going to have a top quality game. And I said from the stars, before the season, it'd be rain because of a four-way game. And sure enough, we're we're, we're, we're just – we're just dealing with it tonight, and we'll be looking at the matchups today. Yeah, um, uh, that, you know, this is going to be this is going to be interesting if we get down to that. Um, you know, obviously, I spent some time at university school, so uh, I'm rooting for them in this game against Coco. But as we both um, just really laid out here, tough hill for them to climb. Sliding into Class Five A, obviously, I have some interest there. But in looking at it, this looks like um, the it. You know, on paper, if you're, if you're going off of what Pinko says, this looks like it's going to be the most competitive um, class of games tonight in 5A. Everything looks like it's going to be pretty nip and tuck, according to Pinko's. Pinko's has us by six over Cardinal. What do you think of the matchup? 
I, I, I mean, you look at these games, I mean, I think that Region 4 final right there in 5A, then between AHP and Cardinal Gibbons, I mean, this is a game that I think was only decided by three points in the regular season meeting, so this is a game that could go either way, and I mean, this is this is Cardinal Gibbons' uh, first regional final since uh, 1994. I had to go back and look that up, and I realized that Gibbons had not been this far in the playoffs in a long time. And so this is huge for the Chiefs. And I, I think it's, you know, for American Heritage, hey, you got to be on alert. you got to be careful because this is a game that, you know, hey, this is everything for American Heritage. But it's not so much everything for Cardinal Gibbons to lose in this particular, yeah, also, in this particular game. Yeah, I also learned something, too, uh, reading the newspapers this week, is that over the last two years, Cardinal Gibbons is 20-3, and three, and those, only those three losses have come against American Heritage. So you got uh, two teams that have been extremely successful over the last two years. American Heritage has won 24 games in a row. And were it not for American Heritage, Cardinal Gibbons would be on a similar streak. So everything um, seems to be lined up for a very good football game here tonight at American Heritage. Um, and we're, we're expecting a packed house um, as two heavyweights go at it for the second time this year. Um, Immokalee seems to have an easier go at it. What's Lakewood's chances against Immokalee, who's just run roughshod over the last few weeks with their competition? Yeah, I mean, for for, for Immokalee, I think this is just going to be it's it's. I, I if they get ahead early, this will be a game over. Lakewood, I think it's just like a difference in talent, maybe in this case, and Immokalee just has the better talent in, the, in this side of things, and. Uh, you know, I think it's an easy win for them, but if you look at those two games up in the north part of the bracket, that's cool to Tech and Trinity Christian and Baker County in play. I mean, when do you see Trinity Christian being on the losing, on the potential losing side of the of things? I mean, now they, they got much more to Tech one over Trinity Christian. And I think here's, here's the thing I see. I think this is where Trinity Christian ends up losing is because you got a six-hour bus trip from Jacksonville. So you got to go from one end of the state to the other. And this is not in a, in a, there's a, there's a thing called the North Florida, especially around Jacksonville. It's called the Panhandle Jinx. And every time a Jacksonville area team goes out to the Panhandle dealing with a Panhandle Jinx, it's, it, 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 they end up losing the season. That's what they call it, the Jinx. Yeah, um, that's going to be an interesting game. And, again, Pinkos has West Florida Tech by one over Trinity Christian. Going to be, a, a, I think, one of the better games tonight in any class. Uh, so, going to be interesting to see what happens here. So, look like um, a bunch of really good games, like I said, in Class 5A. Let's light up the 6A, which is, um, uh, has been all year long the most interesting classification, the toughest one, especially when we're talking about what's going on down here in the South. And, once again, Northwestern has themselves a rematch. Um, listen, Northwestern came up with a big win against Central. If they can overcome yet another rematch against Carroll City, man, you're talking about an extremely tough team. Pinkos thinks it's going to happen um, as they are six-point favorites over Carroll City. They better not. Northwestern cannot lose track of the other goal. That's the thing. Northwestern cannot lose track anywhere in this because if they lose track, Carroll City will be will win and they will probably be back in the state championship game because if Northwestern wins, I think they'll be home they'll be home next week at Traz. No no doubt about that one. I, I mean you either get Fort Myers and Naples and Fort Myers and Naples to me, both of them are, you know, really just 
you know, in my opinion, it, 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 even for either team to come out of that bracket in Region Three, the Region Four team is probably going to control it. I mean, it's it, it's all for the all for the Miami teams to lose in this the next two weeks. Sure. Yeah, I mean, it's just really bad. Yeah, I think we talked some about this last week. Um, what do you think? Can someone like an Armwood stand up to whoever comes out of the South, which I think we're both expecting to be one of these Miami teams? Considering that Armwood has, uh, I mean, looking at the, looking at my uh, thing, oh my, shoot, my papers are just coming apart now. But uh, mm-hmm. Armwood has posted two shutouts in a row here. I mean, forty-two yeah. nothing over Sebring, and then twenty-two nothing over Hillsboro. I think he. Either Armwood is either Armwood's peaking at the right time, or they just haven't played a tougher schedule than they just didn't than we thought. And we'll have to see. You know, it's, it, it all all depends what they do against Vanguard. I think they get scored on by Vanguard tonight. I think this, they don't get shot. They don't get a shot out here tonight. Armwood, I, I think Vanguard has a good chance of maybe beating on Armwood. I mean, I don't want to discount Vanguard out of this because it, it'll be a tough game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um... No doubt about it. Going to be going to be interesting to see what happens in this rematch with Northwestern and Carroll City. But I don't know. I'm just of the opinion that Armwood's going to be the one coming out of the North, and we're just going to have one of those South Florida battles. Well, with, watch out with for well, well, watch out for St. Augustine. Do not discount St. Augustine. St. Augustine has one of the best football teams they've had in years. And they are like they will stand anybody up. I mean, they they the Navar the Navarro thing is going to go on and be able to beat them again for the second straight year, and St. Augustine just stood them up, basically. Yeah, uh, let's let's see how that goes. I'm going to stick to the whole Armwood thing, but but with a careful eye on St. Augustine sliding into seven A. Uh, people were leaving St. Thomas for dead, especially the way they ended the season with the embarrassing loss to. Miramar, but they've come out here in these opening two weeks of the playoffs and have uh, kind of planted a flag and said, we're not going anywhere. Now they get the Rowell Academy team that not a whole lot of people are, are um, getting behind simply because they just don't know Doral Academy. But Doral Academy took a team in uh, Dwyer who put up 42 points in week one and reduced them to five points in that game. Does Doral Academy have any chance against the monster that is St. Thomas? Oh man, I, I, this is going to be a tough one. They got to play A plus football. I mean, if they if they play a defensive battle like they did with Dwyer last week, they'll have a chance. But they got to start. They got to start strong in that game. They can't wait until second quarter, third quarter to get going. They got to come out in the first quarter and be ready to go because otherwise, a quarter will clock you and that'll be it. I, I don't think yeah, they'll, it, it, yeah, they'll get out of it really, really fast, and then Doral will start to feel inferior, and then it'll, you know, get blown away. The, I right. mean, the best way to get St. Thomas is to try and hang around as long as you can. Not necessarily even get a, right. a big lead, let me say. Just hang around, hang around, and then hope that in that fourth quarter you've got the stamina to, to, to kind of finish out the field. I don't see that happening. I think St. Thomas is plenty no. motivated to happen at the end of the year. They'll, they're going to handle a business with Doral Academy. Right, and like I said, and like I said over the last couple of weeks, it's it's since for St. Thomas, this is their biggest challenge is not this week. It wasn't last week. It wasn't the week before. It's next week if they get Venice. I mean, Venice, Venice is hungry for a rematch with St. Thomas. They want it back. Yeah, we talked about it. We talked it. about it all year long. Um, but when I'm sitting here looking at this, I have to admit I don't know much about Tampa Bay Tech. But Pecos has Venice as only a four-point favorite in this game. 
Tampa Bay Tech is all right, but there's a difference. There's a, there's a difference. But Tampa Bay Tech, yeah, they played an all right schedule, but their one loss this year was a team we just talked about not too long ago, Armwood. And they lost to Armwood pretty bad. So I, I, you got to look at the differences between the schedules. Venice is one loss, IMG Academy. Venice has played a tougher schedule. I like Venice to, to, to win. And I, I think it's going to be more than a four-point game. It's going to probably be more like a 14- to 17-point game. Yeah, um, I think everyone's looking forward to um, – a, a, a regional final between St. Thomas and Venice. I think everyone's looking forward to that. So we don't want that messed up. Hey, how about this for a couple of um, big-time names in the North region, Plant and Lakeland? Oh, big show down there right there, Brian Stanley. And you know what? I actually, I actually like to give Lakeland a chance over Plant. I mean, this is, this is, this is the perfect – you know, Lakeland, ended, Lakeland ended Plant's run last year. I think Lakeland has a chance this year to do it again. And Lakeland gets the game at home. I like it. And, and it's really – I think at the end of the day, it's, I think there's a good chance, hey, Lakeland might be back in the state championship game if they win here. And, I mean, I just don't – the thing why I'm discounting Barton Trail in some sense, and some people might say I'm discounting here because Barton Trail, Barton Trail will win their game tonight. They, they will dominate Columbia Island. That's not a question there. The question for Barton Trail is when they get to a tougher opponent, and that would be in the case with being playing Planet or Lakeland. Mm-hmm. Can they handle it? And the last, I mean, the last couple few games that the, the, the three games they've lost against really really tougher opponents. This year, they've had, they've seen the struggle, and that's going to be the key. Is him as Marshall Trail finally gotten past that? Well, we'll have to wait and see next week. Hey, call me scarred because of what happened in the championship game last year between St. Thomas and Plan. I'm kind of rooting for Lakeland here. I don't know what would be different if Plan is the team All that right. shows up in the championship game against oh, the St. Yeah, Thomas. Let's see Lakeland. Okay. See, because Lakeland stopped it two years ago. Plant got there in the state championship game last year. I think you look at you look at the last few years of the state championship games in seven eight. You look at that, Chad, and, and, and this is why they say promoted the seven eight game to a to an afternoon game on a Saturday. We're, we're tired of seeing the blowout. I think you know. I think it's just it's just the, it's the, it's the, this is the way the interstate gets it to move here. To move the game to an afternoon game instead of being a nightcap to actually get a different matchup and stuff like that, hey, it may happen. Yeah, and and just you know, like I said, personal personal rooting. Um, I'd just like to see a Lakewood uh, over a plant here coming out of the north. I am discounting uh, the winner of Trail and, and Fleming Island. I just think it's going to be either Plant or Lakewood coming out of the north against um, oh, yeah. whatever that St. Thomas Venice matchup yields. Uh, I just think that's probably going to be the best thing for us here is to see Lakeland versus oh, one of those. I, I will agree. I mean, I'd like to see – I actually personally – personally, in, 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 in this sense, I'd like to see Lakeland kind of get back here. And, you know, there's people talk about, oh, Lakeland being the state power and all that. Well, let's get back to the state championship game here and let's try to do it for the first time in a decade because you haven't really been in a while. Sure. Sure, yeah. It'd be interesting to see what they look like um, getting back into it. One more more thing, Chad. One more thing, Chad, on on Lakeland. 
if Lakeland was to make it and, and get back, I think there's, you know, hey, what are the chances this could be the last uh, big hurrah-rah for, uh, for uh, head coach Phil Castle at Lakeland? I mean, he's, he's getting up there towards retirement age, if not already there. You know, some people are like, okay, what if he's going to finally hang up the missile? You know, he's he's another one of these coaches, like, kind of like Corky Rogers, you know, just kept on coaching, coaching, and finally, you know, finally realized, I, yeah, I got I to gotta step it down. Yeah, sure. I was going to um, pull up the Corky Rogers. Um, comparison. I, I mean, that's the most obvious one there, and, and you are right. Castle's getting up there, and and, uh, and long in the tooth. So it uh, would be a good thing if Lakeland could get back in there, and um, you know, towards the end, right. and, and what they could provide. Sliding into Class 8A, uh, we talked about it uh, in the opener about you know the more surprising things that have happened this season, and again, that continues to be Western, who is favored by Pinkos to win this game and advance to a regional final. Um, in, in these playoffs, man, hats off to Western because they, no one thought they'd be here. I can, hey, what a Western Conference, what an Atlantic Conference. These two right. teams aren't even project for a regional final. Yeah, and how about, you know, and, you know, in a season like this with there's so, there's so many um, teams, players um, that are hyped, how about Columbus being as steady as can be uh, and still, uh, without much fanfare, making their way through NA and getting themselves this far? Well, I thought Columbus had a ch- I thought Columbus had a chance to make the run to get to Orlando this year. I mean, I think – I mean, I like Columbus in the – but – I have to put a big VUT into this because this is the this is where um, Columbus has to be ready. Miami High has made a statement. I mean, this, yeah, I mean, folks have discounted them. We knew Miami High would ha- had something this year, just how much we didn't know. Now we get a chance to see. Um, they've got third round something. And this this is, I think this is going to be a better game than Pinkos has predicted. Would you agree? Oh yes, because got to remember. Miami High had Columbus beat for most of the game in the regular season, and, all, and it was a one-point game. This is another game that if Columbus lets their guard off, they'll be out. And Miami High will be playing in the state semifinal for the first time in many, many years. That's not something Columbus is prone to doing, though. Uh, they do a really good job of getting their kids to play each and every game. So I wouldn't uh, – you know, I don't think Columbus is that kind of team to right. get a letdown. When they get beat, it's just because they couldn't stack up um, physically on the field. Rarely do they get outsmarted. Rarely do they lack the proper amount of emotion. Uh, but, again, like you said, that was a very tight game early on, and that you know, well, led itself to a Miami High comeback. Well, let me say this. I mean, they did start off sluggish last week against South Dade. So, that didn't, you know, that, that, I thought, oh, well, great. Here's South Dade. They're going to overtake Columbus, and that'll be it. You know, Columbus will be sitting out, you know, not playing Thanksgiving football. I, I think that's again, you know, but luckily Columbus recovered, won the game, got out of there, you know, 28-14. I, I just – it's I, – I, I like Columbus in this game, but, again, they have to be careful because Miami High is dangerous. This is not – this is not this is not your uh, slouch of a Miami High team. This is a a, a well coached Cedric Irvin coached Miami High team. This is not this is this Miami High is saying, hey, we're back. You know, you got to you got to take them seriously. And you have to, and if you you, have, you, have, you got to think just how that game went during the regular season, knowing that you know, hey, if they can get you down like this and keep it for four quarters, you're done. 
Yeah, gonna uh, listen. Going to be a, a tough game. I think whoever shows up to watch that one is going to get a treat. Give me that your prediction. Who comes out? Yeah, who comes out of the game? Starts in one hour. Yeah, one I o'clock mean, game. I, I, one o'clock game. Hey, a little yeah. afternoon football. A little afternoon playoff high school football. Um, folks down here really, really enjoyed that Miami High Columbus game. Give me your prediction of who comes out of the north. Uh, who comes out of the north? I mean, I, I, I like to see an Orlando team. I like to see an Orlando area team come out here because it really helps the crowds and, and for the state championships. I, 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 right now, Duncan Jones is looking pretty good here. I mean, I were on the take Duncan Jones for Water Park. Wakaiba, I'm, I'm not trying to discount Wakaiba because it's their first time here in this particular point. But I tell you what, the crowds that you could probably get, Winter Park or Dr. Phillips, I, I really like that. I just don't know about Sarasota Riverview. That Sarasota Riverview team kind of surprised me last week, upsetting Vero Beach. So uh, I, I, I like Dr. Phillips first, Winter Park, Winter Park second, Wakaiba third, didn't Riverview fourth out of everything. So. Going for the upset with Dr. Phillips. All right. Well, listen, man, we're about, we're, we're winding down on time here. And as always, uh, you have great coverage on, on Friday nights with the playoffs and even during the regular season. So I want to give you a chance to let all of our viewers know exactly how they can catch up with uh, what you've got going on tonight and, and keep up to date on what's happening with all of these exciting playoff games. Okay, well, 4HSFootball.com, FLIHS Football Twitter, and then 4HS Football then Facebook and Instagram. And then, um, of course, uh, those scoreboards the night may try to do one in the morning, though. But uh, I'm doing the Pahokee-Madison County game on NFHSNetwork.com tonight. So that's where I'm at tonight doing I'm actually will be at the – at a big game tonight, so that, uh, that's where you can sing. But uh, we'll, we'll we'll try to get the score updates out there. I'm not sure how fast we'll be tonight on the updates because everybody is on Thanksgiving vacation, and I I, I believe everybody still needs a break from from life. But uh, we'll we'll, we'll, get, we'll get stuff updated out there tonight. But the 24 games going on. Sure, sure. Uh, me personally, when I head out of our game, I head straight to Twitter and uh, and, and check out all of the scores as they come in uh, at FLA FLAHS Football. Is it on Twitter? Yes, it is. FLAHS Football. Uh, absolutely. So m- many, many ways for you to find out what's going on in Florida high school football playoff games tonight. And uh, certainly looking forward to it. It's a whole day of football, college football, high school football. You're getting it all. And uh, luckily, we have folks like Joshua Wilson with FloridaHSFootball.com to help us out with all that. Josh, thanks once again for joining us. Look forward to talking to you next week. All right. Have a good one, Chad. All right. Joshua Wilson from Florida HS Football just joining us here on the Gridiron Stud Show. And we've come to the end of another Football Friday edition of the Gridiron Stud Show. I hope you enjoyed it. To all of our Facebook Live viewers, we appreciate you. Um, continue to share um, the our, our feed on Facebook. And so we can get more and more viewers and join in on the fun when we talk football here on the Good Iron Stud Show. And I uh, also want to thank all of the listeners here on the Blog Talk Radio. Anyone who checked us out on Twitter or listening on SoundCloud, we appreciate each and every one of you. If you love Good Iron Stud Show, share it with your friends, put the word out there, spread the word, spread the love, and uh, we can continue to do our show and, and uh, bring you all of the info. Once again, enjoy all of the action this weekend in high school football, college football, uh, NFL football. is one of the great weekends uh, every year as uh, we have football all day long. So enjoy it. Enjoy that. Enjoy the weekend. Enjoy the family. And we'll see you again next week 
here on the Good Eyes Special. And I won't back down. 